welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey and welcome to the Zephyr podcast sessions. It's great to be back today and uh, we're recording this on one of the UK's hottest days which is always good fun in these uh, tiny home offices we've got at the moment. But um, look, uh, it's very, very um, uh, great for me to introduce uh, Richard Harding today. Richard, hey, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Yes, it is hot, isn't it? I've had to close the windows just in case of background noise. So it's going to get even hotter now, I suspect, for the next uh, 20 minutes or half hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a crazy weekend. Uh, which look, it's all fine. We're we're not used to this weather though here in the UK. I guess uh, anywhere abroad, we're like, oh, that's amazing. UK, <laughs> it's just comes to a standstill. It's like snow, right? Exactly the same. It's like the other end yeah. of things. Um, Richard, for people who don't know you, um, could you do a quick intro to you, your role, and your background? Yeah, sure. Okay, so. I'm a bit of a techie at heart. I, you know, I love my gadgets, uh, though I seem to be living my dreams through my boys as they grow up with their toys now. So <laughs> drones, train sets, and all the, all the rest of it. But, uh, you know, for me, I started life as a developer uh, working for NatWest back in the late 90s. So that's pre-millennium bug, which was, uh, which was all very exciting because <laughs> the world was going to come to an end. But, uh, you know, guess what? It, it didn't. But it, it was fun back then. Um, uh, but I did a, a small stint there before joining lastminute.com, actually, where I was one of the first employees. So we were sub 50 people as a business um, and I actually stayed with them until Brent and Martha sold the business when we had probably grown to about two and a half thousand people. So that was a really exciting times to be part of such rapid growth. I then moved on uh, and joined AOL where I was dev manager there for a bit before then joining um, uh, ITV Online and I was director of technology there where we launched the very first ITV players and the apps around some of the mobile apps, which is uh, so the, the TV uh, shows. Um, which again, we were, you know, we were pushing boundaries then. It was really, really exciting times. Um, I moved on then to work for Heathrow Airport, where I spent six years setting up and running their innovation team, uh, building out their mobile development capabilities, and just, I guess, genuinely being amazed at the complexities of running, you know, one of the world's largest airports. It's, it's a mini city, you know, it's an incredible place. But Uh, Coming on to where I am now, I'm currently the group CTO for Haymarket Media, where I look after all aspects of product and technology within their business. Um, And it's probably worth just sort of saying that I'm also the co-founder of Technology Chiefs, uh, an information site um, that shares the uh, sort of wisdom and insight from technology leaders in the form of bite-sized, easily digestible interviews. Amazing. And uh, what an awesome kind of history to your uh, to your uh, your growth in your career. Uh, amazing. Um, congratulations on that. Um, and I will dive into techno- technology chiefs uh, a bit later on. Um, sure. I, I, I love the concept. So, um, no, we will have a couple of questions about that later. Um, so obviously, global CTO, Haymarket Media Group. Um, what does day to day look like for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a good question. So, it looks a little bit different now than it did pre-lockdown, but in essence, the goals uh, and objectives are, are the same, which is, you know, in any of these roles, is helping translate business strategy into some form of tangible actions. And, you know, you should never lose sight as a, as a senior leader, 
you have you have perhaps context uh, and insight which people won't have uh, within your team so your role needs to start bringing that context uh, to, to them to help them make better decisions in what they're doing so for today i've already had you know virtual meetings with some of my direct reports a couple of them just coming back off holidays etc helping fill in some blanks and things that maybe have happened since they've been away uh, and then it's, I guess it's working through my own projects we're, we're, we're currently working on and looking how we can drive some of those things forward. Now, I guess the wonderful thing about uh, Haymarket is the, the variety. It is a, a portfolio business. Uh, it's got, it's geographically diverse because it's got businesses here in the UK and in the US uh, and in India, in Hong Kong, in Germany. And each one of those works in different markets uh, with different specialities. And so everything is different. So that's the great thing about Haymarket for me is that it enables me to work on a lot of different uh, businesses at, at any given time. That's amazing. And uh, obviously uh, such a diverse way of uh, working, I guess, time zones and all this come into it for yeah. you. Um, maybe you don't sleep, um, but we'll, we'll go there maybe a little bit later. Um, <laughs> what we're going to focus on today, which is really interesting topic, and, and I guess this is ever changing as well, but taking a C-level position, uh, let's focus maybe on the tech or uh, CTO, for example, a global CTO position. Um, where do you start? How, how, and that, I know that's a big question, but I, I guess there's a lot of people out there that are, are looking to maybe progress to this position in the future. They might be going through interviews now for this position. Where do they start? That's a great question. It really is. And you're right, it's very varied. But the, the thing that's always stood me in really good stead uh, throughout my whole career is to, is to really focus in on what the business is trying to achieve. Forget the technology. Technology, to a certain extent, can be easy. There's lots of solutions out there. We can, you, can, you can mold those back in later. But the key thing is really trying to understand and help the business translate what, what it's trying to achieve into uh, technology solutions. So for me, it's, it's really important that I spend time with the divisional MDs uh, at Haymarket. So that's the three here in the UK, but also spend as much time understanding what the international ones are, are doing, being part of their exec meetings, being part of their board meetings, so that you get that context. It's, it's situational awareness. You need to build up about what your business is, is trying to achieve. Uh, and then using that to make better IT decisions. So you're going to get insight into what the financial pressures are. Uh, within your within those various businesses or what they're trying to achieve what their key KPIs you, you've heard those discussions of what what those MDs are doing so you need to take those and you need to constantly be translating those into something meaningful for your teams so that they can then deliver that back to those businesses um, and that in essence of what you're trying to do as a as a senior leader with any business it's get to grips with what the business is trying to achieve you take that knowledge and then you, you better enable the business to succeed. And digital is obviously one of those things that you know, most businesses now can't succeed, couldn't, couldn't even move forward, couldn't, wouldn't even be here now if it wasn't for the digital technology services that you, you as CTO are able to deliver for them. And that's kind of key to it all. And it kind of moves me on to, to, to my next question, which is going to lead down the technology standpoint. You mm. said there, tech takes a backseat. Obviously, there's so much technology out there now. If, if you look at MarTech, for example, I think it was 8,000 on the latest chief MarTech stack. Um, yeah. It's crazy, right? You're not, you're not going to ever find a way through that list unless you've got some key business strategy to drive towards and what you're looking to actually do. One of your, and it says it actually, um, I think it was on your LinkedIn and I was reading it and I loved the quote. Um, 
your guiding principle. It should never be about technology for technology's sake, but rather it is about the benefits technology can bring to or enable within a business. And this always starts with great conversations. So firstly, I could pick that apart a couple of bits. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great quote. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to um, going to be uh, crediting that to you in the future when I when I quote it. But um, it should never be about technology for technology's sake. There's a lot of technology out there. And there's a lot of kind of decisions made just because it's flavor of the month and things like that. What do you yeah. mean by what do you mean by that? Yeah, uh, again, it's, 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 it's a really good, good question. Um, uh, for me, it's been a mantra of mine for quite a while. And I guess this was particularly important when I was running uh, innovation at Heathrow, let's say, where there was no end of opportunities to uh, introduce shiny new bits of technology into the user journeys, etc. Um, but all too often, all this really did was was add complexity. It, it, it might have looked good, and the, the, the vendor, the product sales guys, they they can make it sound brilliant. But what was it really achieving for for the user? Yeah, because actually, transitioning through an airport is pretty complex as it is. There's a lot of processes that go in place to to to, to get you through that airport, and for the airport to understand how better to use, utilize its its um, its services, its infrastructure, etc. So. My mantra there was always about trying to strip it back and keep it keep it really simple. So therefore, the key is always again focusing on that business value before you even start bringing in anything new. Look for lean principles. I'm a big advocate of of lean uh, techniques to test the viability of uh, and likelihood of these technologies or whatever projects to succeed. Um, introducing rapid prototyping where you can. If you can whiteboard stuff, if you can map stuff, do that. Do that before you do anything else. That's the main thing to try and really try and tease out whether something's going to be successful. And you know, I look back at, say, Heathrow, where we actually ended up introducing these things called portable FIDS, flight information display screens. So, you know, as you go into an airport, you've got all these screens telling you where, where to go, first of all, to, to drop your bags off or when your plane's going to like to take off. Um, so we had to sort of consider, well, what would happen if we had a power cut? How, how would things happen there? So actually having battery powered FIDS play screen so that we can move them around and also they like to remaze what they call the, the concourses so that they can better utilize them. So well that's that's all, all well and good as you walk in normally but if you've remazed it you might be going nowhere near FIDS and therefore all flight information to play screen sorry. So that you know that, that creates quite a lot of anguish for, for the consumer uh, for the customer because they, they don't know when when they can't see those screens. So being able to move things around like that is hugely important. So we did a lot of rapid prototyping and things like that. But I guess this, this also comes down to, in essence, you have three levers as a technologist that you can pull, really. People, process, and technologies. Now, the process, that would be operating models, uh, how you, you organize things, your technologies, as we were just discussing, bringing in whatever it is. But the people thing, focus on the people, because that's going to, that's going to be an important bit. That's either learning and understanding or getting the right people and educating them and bringing them up to speed and getting them in place. So really focus on that one first, the P. And does that relate back to the, uh, where it starts with great conversations? And yeah. I, I'm intrigued on that bit. Can you explain that bit in more detail? Everything I've taken today has, has come from being able to, to really communicate and talk well with, uh, with not only my peers within the business, not only my, you know, my bosses, but also the people within, within my world. And that's what, that's what it's all about. And I guess, actually, we talked a little bit at the start about technology chiefs. Uh, and that's what, how I started all that. 
that was all about great conversations. When it comes to technology, there's plenty of really good information sources out there uh, for people to go and learn about new technologies or whatever. The problem is usually what to even look at, you know, is even knowing where to start. It's almost, it's so confusing and overwhelming that you, you, you stick. What tends to happen is people will stick to kind of what they know. It's what they they feel comfortable in. And it's really hard to expand out of that sometimes. But if you're going to be a senior technologist or you're going to move on in any career, you, you've got to expand that knowledge. And so what we decided to do at technology, and I do this with, uh, I, I set this up, four or five years ago with a business partner uh, called John is that we were sat around having a beer one day which is where most good ideas come from um sort of bemoaning how difficult it is sometimes to 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 make the right decisions and actually what we we realized was it's not about making the right decisions we can work that out it's knowing where to start so what we decided to do was to talk to other technology leaders and, and interview them and, and ask them some fairly formulaic set of questions, but something that people could easily digest in, say, 90 seconds or less than an email newsletter or on a website that would give them that, that nugget, that, that spark to enable them to go off and do a bit more investigation. So it would be things like, what are your top three priorities? Or what are the three most important issues confronting the tech industry today? Or, you know, one of my favorite questions is actually, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self if you were just starting out on your career? The idea is, like I say, is to provide that nugget, that spark, that then someone off, someone else goes off and does, goes on their own learning journey because you need a growth mindset in this game and you need to keep growing and, and constantly educating. And, but it, it does, like I say, it becomes a bit bewildering sometimes, I think, to, to know where to start. And things like that, being able to chat to people, it, you know, that is a skill that doesn't matter whether you're a technologist or in any industry, keep practicing the ability to talk. And just going off that, uh, do go and find out technologychiefs.com. There's loads of great information on there. Uh, question to you then, uh, Richard, um, mm -hmm. your 20 year old self, what, uh, what would you go and tell yourself if you had one tip to go and give yourself? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I often think about this. Uh, and I, I just think it's, it's to be a bit more confident, you know, and actually, you know, there's a bit, <laughs> I'm not quite in the fake it till you make it, uh, but I do believe that, you know, sometimes you over, I, I, I actually use a degree, I did systems analysis. So I, I, I have this tendency to want to really get to the bottom of something, to really analyze something before I feel that I'm ready to move on. Actually, that probably holds you back, you know, be a bit more confident in, in saying and talking to people and go, actually, I, I don't really understand. I don't know that. Would you mind explaining that again? And, and what I've learned probably over the last, maybe more to the, the latter, the last 10 years, let's say, of my career is, People love talking. They, they're really helpful. They don't mind answering questions. In fact, it, it, it's a brilliant thing. It's what we're doing today, isn't it? You know, we're having a good conversation. We're asking questions and we're helping, hopefully, inform and, and, make, and make a little bit of a difference. Um, so, yeah, to, to just don't fear talking to people. I was a bit into you, I think, to start with, perhaps. So this has been, you know, these sort of things are really good for me. Absolutely. It goes back to the, uh, uh, kind of a theme all the way through this, which uh, we, I didn't see before, but it's, uh, it is that great conversation side of things, which is just having chats, building relationships. And, um, and what's funny is um, I've, I think this is podcast 20, right? Uh, since mm. the start of lockdown, we've been recording. There's this constant theme that people do want to talk. 
people don't want to do stuff just over email anymore it's it's so much more about that um people want to share the good things that they're doing there's 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 a lot of negativity out there we know that and we see a lot of negativity in the in the workplace and obviously over the last few months it's been um uh, a, a horrific situation going on for both the economy the businesses and and and, and the people that are suffering from um, covid and 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 however that's happening but there's this kind of I don't know it's like relationships and conversations has been reborn which is great and people have missed that they go into the pubs and having mm. conversations with their friends missed going to meet their families for a barbecue in the garden or something like that and it's really refreshing to see this and uh, obviously to back that into business as well people are fed up of zooms I know we're on a zoom today recording this but people are fed up of it now yeah I think I think some, and you're absolutely right. I think some of it's been born from the fact that we've been into almost a forced slowdown, and that that slowing, that, that little bit of reflection enables people to realise what what really matters, and what I guess not just what matters, but actually what what's what's fulfilling and and, and moves you forward, uh, not just in your career, but your personal lives and your family, all the rest of it. And you're and you're right. That comes down to conversations, yeah. That uh, being able to communicate effectively and and just enjoy hearing what other people's successes because. You're right. There's a lot of negativity going on in the world at the moment, but actually, there's some there's some brilliant stuff going on, and and it's worth talking about. Absolutely, and um, kind of uh, just to finish off this theme before we, uh, I, I've got a couple of random questions for you at the end here, and I'm going to try and link it closely <laughs> to Haymarket's office. So uh, if I can remember the pub's name, but I've got it here in my head, I think. Um, anyway, um, so um, to finish off this um, kind of themed area. Um, we I'd, I'd like to see if there was um top three tips for taking a, a, a global it role what would they be for you oh. and why okay so first of all it's, if, if it's a global role it's it's going to be about scale yeah what you can do to bring scale to your organization um and you know for me that's about being able to set a clear strategy so that everybody can compete, uh, sorry, keep referring back to uh, and use that in all your, your communication. It's almost like a North Star. You, that's what you're trying to do is give, give those within the technology world a bit of a North Star so that when they're making their localized decisions, that they've got something that they can put, sort of refer to and use that as a guidance for, for making those decisions, yeah? yeah. So that, that's really important. Um, it's facilitation, you know, that's what your role here is, is to push people to collaborate. If you're doing a, a, a you know, a global role, it, you know, you, what you're there to do is to, to try and get your business to best use the advantage of its scale. Yeah, it, that could be in, in sharing knowledge and insight. That could be in, I don't know, group-wide procurement, procurement deals with vendors, um, or even sharing resources from around the globe, you know, getting development work done, potentially, you know, I don't know, somewhere else or, or where you've developed products and services, say here in the UK, sharing that with the US or, you know, for us in, in India, it's about utilizing your, your, your scale. So it's a facilitation thing and don't ever underestimate how important, how people get so bogged down in their world. And it feels just like I said earlier, it feels safe to just do what you do in your world and not really, because it's, it's complex having to talk to other people and, and I don't know, share resources, but actually trying to really push that forward. Yeah. That's what you want to your, your really key thing. And then I'll come back to it. But it's again, it's communication. You can never over communicate whether that's emails, newsletters, intranets, blogs, town halls. By the way, it's a revelation. Virtual uh, ones work really well. In fact, they work better than 
than getting everybody into a cramped room and trying to stand there in front of people. Everybody can sit back, they can do live Q and A. It's 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 actually a revelation. I don't, you know, in Haymarket, we're never going back, or we're we're going to do a lot more virtual ones than we will ever do physical ones. I think going forward. Um, and then just never underestimate the importance of blocking time in your diary, of wandering around your you know your business, going and chatting to people. Uh, and just finding out and hearing a little bit about what they're up to. So, yeah, so it's about it's about scale. It's about that facilitation. And it's, again, it's back to the communication piece. Perfect. No, that's great. And uh, hopefully that gives a little bit of insight for people that are, are looking into these roles in the future and um, mm. uh, all across the... I guess that's, that's across every job role as well. Um, <laughs> it, it's, not just, it's not just IT, right? It's not just technology. No, not at all. Um, this can this can help you all across the business. Um, look, really appreciate that, um, and and thank you. I, I'd like to just dive into. Um, obviously, we we talked about technology chiefs. Anything else you'd like to say on that? Obviously, yeah. go to technologychiefs.com. There's some great stuff on there. Finbar, Joy, Steve Burrell, people like that that have uh, yeah recorded with you. No, again, yeah, it, it's you know it's it's one of those things where it's it's purely there to try and help share uh, information, help make people's lives a little bit easier, and and, and give them a place where they can start their investigative journey you know um so yeah please do 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 have a look and you know, sign up for our, our, our next newsletters etc um but yeah just just take it and use it if you know as you see wish i signed up this morning i'm going to be getting that in my own oh box. fantastic <laughs> um, <laughs> richard i got a couple of um uh other questions um that i've asked everyone on the podcast so far um firstly okay. um and I know I, I, it took me a long time to get to this when we were having a session the other day, but um, we go to the cabbage patch. Now, I know that because of the rugby, uh, going to the rugby at Twickenham. And uh, it's the pub right next to Haymarket office um, in Twickenham. Um, so we go there on a, I don't know, on a Thursday afternoon, right? Uh, late afternoon, not, not in work time, after work time. And we, uh, and we go to the bar. What's your drink of choice? Okay, for me, it's going to be some nice beer, probably an IPA, I don't know, like Brewdog Punk IPA or something like that. Nice Perfect. long beer. Perfect. So it's a punk on me next time uh, I'm in I'm in Twickenham. Um, and uh, sec- secondly, um, I'm curating an upbeat um, uh, music playlist, uh, which I'm releasing in the next couple of weeks. What would be your go-to song to add to that playlist? Hey, right. Oh, my word. I'm, <laughs> I, my, my, I'm no real audiophile, let's, let's say, put it that way, but... I guess for me, it'd be something like um, uh, Swedish House Mafia, Greyhound. You know, it's, it just builds and builds and builds. And sometimes when I need some energy, I pop that on and it's just sort of by the end of it, I've, I've left my desk, I'm dancing around or jumping around or doing something stupid. But, you know, nonetheless, it's a great chat. Amazing. Look, uh, Richard, that's a great choice. And thank you for uh, being on the Zephyr podcast sessions today. It's an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And uh, obviously, I wish you all the continued success going forward. Fantastic. No, it's been a great uh, chat, Scott. Really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, talk soon. Thank you.